Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So here we go then, everybody. Welcome to a special mini Deadline Day Cowway podcast. It's me, Roscoe, in the hot seat once again. I've been allowed... In here is Mark Heath. He's on on holiday, uh, so enjoy that, Heathy. I'm joined by Scott Watson, Alex Jones, who have been on the phones, on the blog, covering all things in town on this deadline day. Let's go over to Scott Watson first of all. It's uh, late night, so we've got to be a bit quiet. Uh, although it's a Friday night, so you know, let's let's have a party. But Stu, how are you, my friend? I'm all right, mate. I do have to keep the noise down because I've got wife and child uh, asleep upstairs. But um, we've taken a gamble. We've started recording this at what? 10 past 10 tonight. The window doesn't uh, close for another 50 minutes, but we're pretty confident um, that that is it for Ipswich Town. And um, it's ended up being quite a quiet one, really, for Ipswich, isn't it? Um, we thought there'd be a bit more happening today, but um, in the end, just just the one the one exit, Carl Edwards to Oxford, and that's been it. Yeah, and we'll get onto that in a bit. Um, AJ, your first uh, deadline day covering town. You've been manning the blog. There's also been a press conference today, so you boys have been up the training ground, maybe just checking if there's any players lurking about in terms of signing, but that didn't happen. But yeah, AJ, how how was it for you? Yeah, I think it's the first deadline day I've had where I've done three hours of driving to get to the training ground and back. It's about an hour and a half each way, seeing as Playford Road is nicely situated on the other side of Ipswich to uh, where Cambridge over on the far east side of of the town. So busy, a little bit less busy than uh, last season when I was at Millwall, where they actually did very late business and I didn't have someone like Stu there to share the workload with a bit. So uh, a bit more relaxed would have been nice with a bit more action but um, maybe less tired than I thought I was going to be. Yeah, I'm sure all of us will be going to bed straight away after this podcast record. Um, but yeah, Stu, quite a day, uh, quite a day at Porn Road than maybe what everyone was expecting. Just the one exit, as you mentioned, Kyle was going on loan to Oxford. Um, reuniting with Greg Lee. Um, of course, he joined there permanently a, a few weeks back. Um, of course, Liam Manning, a, a former you know town academy player, a coach as well, so he'll know them very well but um, they're doing really well as well Oxford aren't they Stu they're top of league one so a good move for Carl yeah a good move for all parties was how Kieran McKenna described it at the press conference earlier um, I get the feeling that they didn't really um, want Kyle to go at the end of last season they still saw him as a, as a valuable impact player someone who could come on and change games off the bench um, has a very specific skill set in terms of his, his dribbling ability is obviously a popular member of the squad with his um you know, always got a smile on his face, and um, Wes Burns sort of talked about it. they're going to miss his his personality and his dance moves and things like that. But um, fully understandable that at his age and at this stage of his career that he wants to really become a, a regular starter, and that wasn't going to happen for him here at Ipswich. So um, Kieran McKenna wasn't wasn't going to stand in the way of that. Um, he's in the final year of his contract. Interestingly, this is a season-long loan, but Ipswich have uh, included a recall clause in January. So 
we'll see how that pans out. But um, yeah, as you say, Oxford look like they've got something going this season. Um, after narrowly avoiding the drop last year, they're top of the table after five games. Um, yeah, maybe you'll be high on the left and uh, that, that exit switch duo will uh, we'll be linking up. That'll be uh, interesting to watch from afar. Yeah, I think that's um, there's been some good low moves for town so far. You know, of course, Gasson had me at Cambridge. Um, Idris El Mazzuni has gone um, to Leighton Orient again. Um, who else? We've got Panucci Kamara at um, Cambridge. So, uh, not Cambridge. Charlton. At Charlton. Uh, well, it's late, ladies and gentlemen. It's late, it's late, it's late. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of names floating about. Um, but, Alex, um, we haven't, uh, as of this recording, um, and we've, I think we're safe to say, Cameron Burge, Cameron, Burge, Cameron Humphreys, and um, Alcon Baggett won't be going out on loan. Yeah, looks that way. Uh, obviously, there are a few kind of whispers around Elkin Baggett earlier that uh, he could have been going towards Blackpool. I think that there might have been early negotiations about that, but maybe a little bit wider than the mark in terms of the kind of done deal that was reported, especially when we saw him walking around Playford Road at about half three this afternoon, unless he uh, had a very fast chauffeur or, or maybe a plane to get him up there. It might have been a bit tough to do the medical uh, up in the northwest. So a, a strange one from his perspective, because I think everyone expected it was going to be a case where it was going to be him heading out and another centre-back coming in. Neither of those things have materialised in the end. Um, two ways of looking at it, uh, with, with Baggett especially, in, in the sense that, yes, he probably would have benefited from a full season in League One, I, I assume, really, uh, just playing 40-plus games. But he's also shown that he's probably capable of coming in and playing in the Championship for town in an area where they're not that well stocked in terms of Humphreys. It's a similar kind of thing, I suppose, where Town, are, well, in this case, they're very well stocked in midfield, but he's a versatile player that, that can kind of play in centre mid, can go a bit further forward. We saw him at the left uh, against Reading, for example. So that versatility will help as well the fact that uh, he doesn't count in the 25-man squad, neither does Baggett. So they kind of are, are extra bodies to have there. And I know that McKenna was very keen to stress that, especially with um, Humphreys, it had to be the right loan, had to be the right move for him. It looks like that probably didn't materialise and probably the same with Baggett in terms of trying to find someone to come in. So ultimately, yeah, maybe a little bit surprised with those two, but uh, based on what we've seen so far, it's probably for the best. I don't know how I got the loan moves wrong. So I'm currently doing this loan watch feature for our Sun Eye boys on, on a Sunday. And I was just <laughs> straight away forgot where Pernice Aguirre was, although he's, he's uh, missed the last two games. So that's maybe why I've forgotten mm. where he's gone. But yes, yeah, Stu, um, probably, yeah, you, you want to see those two young players go out on loan, but it had to be the right moves for them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Alex has hit the nail on the head. I think with, with Bagger, centre-halves, I think you want to be getting plenty of games into them at an earlier stage of their career to get them kind of match hardened but not getting a centre half through the door before the deadline tonight which we'll come on to in a minute I think means that it's prudent to keep him about for the time being reassess that in January and he's done well in pre-season and in the cup games so far um, Humphreys is a slightly different one I think they're very keen to make sure that as Alex says, it has to be the right club in terms of the right type of manager to work with, the right style of play. Um, and maybe they just have decided that they haven't been able to find that right fit. And sometimes it's less of a gamble keeping a player like that in-house and learning off an expert coach in Kieran McKenna day in, day out um, than it is going to a loan club where there's no guarantees that they'll play. Um 
we've seen good loan spells for players away, but over the years we've seen players go out on loan to places and and not get game time and it not work out and it can actually end up being sort of detrimental to them. They feel homesick and it's it's not great. So um, they've obviously come to that conclusion with with Cameron Humphreys. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk then, Stu, as you sort of briefly mentioned there. Uh, a centre-back is in talks, though. I'll let you cover this as um, you, you dropped it in on the blog. Um, Axel Twanzebi. Yeah, main United, yeah. full main United player. He's a free agent at the moment. Um, McKenna will know him um, d- during his time there. Um, what do you know more about this, Stu? Yeah, so he's been at the club today, is the first thing to say, sort of uh, late afternoon, early evening. Um there's no rush to get it done before, well, if he doesn't sign before 11pm and it's not going to happen, um, he can still sign as a free agent after the window shuts. It's essentially going to be a trial over the international break. Um, the first sort of reaction from people is, well, if what, why isn't he signed today? If, if his heart's not in it and he's got to think about it, then we only want players committed. This is a trial that's going to work both ways. Um, for him to assess his options. He's a player that's just been released by Manchester United, um, who had a trial at, at Luton fairly recently. He's been linked to Sheffield United. I think there's some Saudi interest in him as well. So options for him to assess, but as much for Ipswich to kind of have a look at him as well. McKenna will know about him as a player and a person, as you say, worked with him the sort of the time when he was on the fringes of the Man United first team, made a handful of Premier League appearances, Notably played in a Champions League game against PSG, coming up against Kylian Mbappe. So McKenna, McKenna's spell as assistant manager kind of coincided with that spell for Axel in the Man United sort of first team setup. So there'll be no surprises to him in terms of his attributes and his character. But he's had a, a couple of sort of injury hit years and not had a great deal of game time. Went over to Napoli, barely played. Um, has had some back problems, I think, which limited his time at Stoke um, last year. So it's a chance for both parties to kind of assess this uh, with no game over the international break. Um, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, watch your space. Um, AJ, your thoughts on that? Um, he's 25. Um, you know, he's got that pedigree at Man United, but as Stu mentioned, yeah, with those injuries, always a bit concerned. Always the red flag comes out when you see a player who's got that injuries on there. But uh, yeah, thoughts on it? He's quite a unique player. I think he's quite fast and, and quite agile, which you don't always have with centre-backs. He's obviously had some big loan spells, the Villa move, the loan move uh, to Napoli as well. So he has that pedigree, as you said. The PSG game is probably what most people remember him for. Um, it is one way you look at it, and you also look at the, the clubs that have been interested, and you think, OK, he's someone that can play higher. There is a reason why there are Premier League clubs looking at him. And... Maybe there are some people who look at it maybe as a, a bit of an underwhelming move, especially as one that isn't going to get done tonight. But when you look at the quality that he can bring and the potential there, I think that's really exciting. Maybe he isn't the kind of experienced head that we'd spoken about, like a Craig Cathcart, but he is someone that does offer something very, very different to what Town have at the moment. And crucially, he brings the experience and he brings another body in an area that town really needs stocking up on. I think there are obviously concerns that if this doesn't get tied down and that's the risk of having a free agent move, if someone does come and sweep in, then town are left a little bit high and dry. That's why Elkham Baggett's kind of stuck around for now. I think it's just about covering their tracks. And uh, overall, I think it's 
nicely balanced. I think that they, obviously there are concerns, but they've managed to put themselves into a good position regardless. He's a yeah. type of centre-half that they, they needed and need probably because Wolfenden, Carmen collected on the ball, Cameron Burgess dominant in the air, but that dynamic, athletic centre-half um, with a bit of turn of pace is probably what's lacking from that, that central defensive unit. Um, yeah, and you talk about the injury question mark. There's a reason that a player like that comes in reach to Ipswich, who are only a newly promoted League One club following four years in the third tier. I think we do have to remind ourselves of this when everyone's feeling a little bit underwhelmed. We'll probably come on to our overarching thoughts on, on this window in a bit. But um, yeah, I mean, he's started six Premier League games. He's started games in the Champions League. Um, there was probably similar question marks over Nathan Broadhead's sort of fitness and durability when he came to Ipswich last year. That's ultimately the only reason Ipswich managed to sign him in the position they were. So sometimes you have to take a calculated risk on players like that. And I guess that's what this will be with, with Tuin's AB, that you they'll feel that he's at a good age and he's someone that they can develop and and uh, and progress with. Yeah, well, watch the space, ladies and gentlemen. See if Axel does sign for the club. Um, well, there has been some sexy stuff, though, ladies and gentlemen. Um, a day before deadline day, um, Dane Scarlett signed on loan from Spurs. Um, of course, on loan with Pompey last year. Scored against Town in the Patmos Johns Trophy um, exit for Town. Um, and he's a, a very highly rated player, and he's still. McKenna rates him highly as well. He is, yeah. Deadline day eve signing. It's funny, isn't it? It's It doesn't feel like it counts because it doesn't happen on deadline day. If it had happened yeah. today, everyone would feel a little bit differently about it. Um, just because it happened a day earlier shouldn't shouldn't change how we feel about this one. Um, another player with some young player with, with Premier League pedigree, much like Axel Tuanzebe, someone that's um, you know very highly thought of or has been very highly thought of at, at to a Premier, a big Premier League club, and still is in the case of Dane Scarlett. They've handed him a new contract before he's come here. Um, you know, I did a profile piece on him for the website this morning. Jose Mourinho, who gave him his senior debut, full of praise. Antonio Conte, full of praise. Um, Nuno Espirito Santo gave him gave him some opportunities, and even Ange. Postacoglu has come in and said he likes what he's seen of him in, in pre-season so far. So um, I think people shouldn't read too much into the way his loan spell at Portsmouth ended last season. That was kind of circumstances with a, a change of formation and, and maybe uh, the the type of football, as we, we, we all know what League One football was like, maybe didn't suit him last season. But he's someone that's going to bring some different qualities in terms of probably feels even though he's really been seen as a number nine, a central striker, he maybe fills the Carl Edwards void a little bit in terms of someone that likes to run at people and is direct and is skillful. Um, so it'd be interesting to see sort of where he fits into this attacking unit for Ipswich. Yeah. And AJ, we, we recorded a video. Um, so if you want to watch that, that's on our website now for subscribers to so check that out. But uh, yeah, your thoughts um, for the listeners right now. Um, yeah. Versatile play. He's young. Um, still, you can sort of say raw, but he's still going to, it's going to excite fans, I'm sure. And uh, he's stepping up to the championship and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Good all-rounder. Good finisher. Not quite maybe the poacher's mould that uh, Pompey had in Colby Bishop, as we touched upon. He's not that kind of player where it's feed him the chances and he will always score. He's a bit more than that, and he's, he's not just that. Um, agile, 
He's versatile. I think he's just pretty much everything that Town needed from this signing and someone that McKenna's obviously tracked for such a long time. He mentioned this was uh, someone that he, he saw so highly way before any of these links and, and way before uh, this move came to materialise. It was back, uh, I think, the start of last season, quite near the, the beginning that those comments were made. So that shows that this is not just something that Town had cobbled together late on just because it's late in the window. As he said in his interview, this one had been in the pipeline for quite a while. And generally speaking, at least from what I can see, if Town have found their target and worked to bring him in, that is going to be a top-class player. This is a club that knows how to do their research with recruitment. And I'd be fairly confident that uh, Dane Scarlett's going to fit the bill perfectly. Yeah, same um, same with Jack Taylor and the same with George Hurst. These are these are players that when McKenna decides he, he wants someone, they you know, they just they they pursue it. And this isn't a, a panicked last minute loan edition from the Premier League. As as Alex says, this was back in October after if you remember that when Ipswich beat Portsmouth three two and uh, Kieran kind of hit back at Danny Cowley's comments about budgets and the mind games and called them tricks and traps. And he kind of reeled off the amount of experience in Portsmouth's team. And, and the comment about Dane Scarlett always stuck in my mind. And the one player they've got that doesn't have championship experience is a world, a world-class young player or, you know, words to that effect. Um, so, yeah, he always stuck in my mind as someone that that uh, Ipswich might come back for. I chucked him in the potential strikers Ipswich could look at piece at the start of the summer. Likewise with Tuin Zabi because it was an obvious connection of, of someone he'd worked with at Manchester United and a and a free agent. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, again, we know McKenna loves versatility. He likes his players to be able to play in multiple positions, and and Dane Scarlett can play as as the central striker. A different type of option to Hurst, Ladapo, and Jackson, and maybe he can you know if something happened to Nathan Broadhead, he could he could play that sort of wide left role. He did that a bit for Portsmouth in the second half of last season. Um, so yeah, just just gives that squad a bit bit more uh, depth for um for the grueling schedule ahead in the Championship. Yeah, and of course, yeah, he's set to make his debut against Cardiff this weekend. So uh, you'll see him in the flesh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, let's boys. Let's talk about the transfer window as a whole for town. Uh, six summer signings. Uh, Jack Taylor, Kieran Slicker, George Hurst, Amari Hudson, Brandon Williams and Dane Scarlett, as we just spoke about. And uh, Stu, how are you rating it out of 10? Um, some fans are underwhelmed. Some fans go and it's the first season back in the championship. A very tough market this summer. How are you rating it, my friend? Oh, difficult one, this. Um, six, Ooh, okay. six or a seven, somewhere like that. It's been it's been solid but not spectacular, which I think is fine. Um, it feels like the recruitment for the championship started in January. Um, you shouldn't forget that Ipswich essentially upgraded four of their starting players at, in the last window with. Luongo, Broadhead, Hurst and Clark all coming in and making such an impact. It was a big ask for them to go and upgrade loads of positions again. Um, I get that expectations were raised by Mark Ashton. It was a 
Ipswich Town TV interview, wasn't it, during the Innsbruck Cup towards the end of July where he talked about we want to add two or three more signings. Well, they've done that, but he did talk about sort of now we, we've got to sort of um, improve the level of the starting eleven, which you have to say hasn't hasn't been the case. Um, Kieran McKenna talking about sort of adding real quality to the group. I think they've added some depth to the group, but you could argue that they haven't necessarily improved to the starting eleven per se. But um, overall, I'm pretty comfortable with that. I think it, Rome isn't built in a day. This didn't happen have to happen overnight. I think, as I said earlier, we do have to remember this is still early days in in the new ownership. There is things that that you and I and everyone else forgets about in terms of planning ahead with financial fair play and things like that. And and I've said in previous podcasts, I think I think this group deserves a chance to to give the championship a go. People have short memories sometimes that someone like Freddie Ladapo, for example, that's you know central to a to an iconic chant on the way to promotion, scored a load of goals, was was loved not so long ago, and then immediately people are quite fickle to go, no, he needs to go, he needs to be upgraded, and the similar conversations around other players. Like, let's give this group a chance in the championship first. And they've got off to a pretty good start here. They've looked competitive in their games. There's the January window is 17, 18 weeks away. I'm sure Ipswich will use that if they want to. The, the summer will come around again. It's, you know, this doesn't have to happen straight away. And there's no reason they, you know, they won't be in the mix this season with the group they've got. That's that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I think maybe fans maybe get excited because we made 19 summer signings once upon a time, of course, under Paul Cook. And I think since then it's just been like, yeah, let's just sign more and more players every summer. And yeah, yeah and in the words of Mick McCarthy, that went well. You know, yeah. it's um, and it can be. I know it's exciting, and people want new shiny things all the time. But we, look down the list. I've been compiling the sort of what's gone on at other championship clubs. Would what windows would you swap with other clubs? Would you would you swap positions with Stoke, for example, who Ipswich beat quite comfortably two 0 at home the other week, and and they might come good. They might they might get through their time to gel process that we kept talking about after that demolition man summer but people for some reason it's more exciting when you sign players from abroad and and that might come as Ipswich's kind of um, scouting network improves and widens over time but um, if Ipswich had suddenly signed a sort of unknown Brazilian from a European club today I'm sure everyone would get all excited about it without ever having seen them kick a ball but we have to trust in McKenna and his staff and the hierarchy here because they haven't done too much wrong so far, have they? No. Um, AJ, where are you at then, my friends, um, about this window? Your first summer covering town. Um, the good thing is we've not seen any big departures either, have we? Because that was always the, on the, our minds, like Leif Davis or, you know, even Connor Chapley. You just never know, you know, one of these players could just been signed by another club. Um, so they've stayed. McKenna, of course, signed a new deal. Yeah, Chaplin signed a new deal. So there's other things we, we can't forget about because they're signings of such. Um, but yeah, how would you rate out of 10? You've uh, totally beaten me to my point there, Ross. I'm going um, seven at the moment. And I think if Twanzebe comes in, I'd boost that up to an eight. And the reason is, is that, again, I, I kind of, with the League One season, I had to take an external view on it because I wasn't here to, to cover the ins and outs of it. My 
take and, and the take that I've had from some people that I've, I've seen cover town quite closely and and watch on quite closely is that really it was a kind of mid-table championship squad that was playing in League One. This is a team that, when they got going, was taking teams apart and they've lost no no key part of that team. The team that started the season is the same one that scored 100-odd goals in League One and in pretty much any other season would have absolutely robbed to the title. And they brought the exact same squad into the championship and look at how they started the season. Everyone has stayed in that group. That was the biggest thing for me. The signings, it's it's really difficult to assess at this point, I think is one of the hardest things to say. But when you look at Transebe, for example, if he does come in, Brandon Williams, Amari Hutchinson, especially with when you look at Williams and Transebe, if they do come with, with Transebe, these are players that have played right at the top level. These are players that come in with the pedigree that Town wanted. This is someone who's played Champions League football and another one who's played Premier League football. And it's a newly promoted League One side who they're joining. The others that come in, Jack Taylor, really fantastic operator, who, again, uh, at League One level, showed that he was probably capable of playing much, much higher. And the core of the, the group that they have have stayed and the ones that they brought in, they're not necessarily players that you're going to force into the, the lineup and talk about kind of making the lineup stronger. But it is a case of just kind of complementing that and making sure that with a really ruthless championship season, you have players that can just come in and out of that without making it any weaker. It's not necessarily about really improving the quality too much in my eyes. And they have still done that with the number of signings that they have made. But it's just about making it a more well-rounded squad. That's what you're going to need in the championship when it's just going to be really, really ruthless with your Saturday, Tuesdays, with what looks like a bit of a Carabao Cup run with the FA Cup it all is going to really become very, very hectic for town and having a squad where they can make these changes that they haven't done so far, but they will have to, and it doesn't make things any weaker, that's going to be so important. It's such a nicely balanced squad and it's all really been down to keeping key figures here. That's why I think I'd rate it so highly. Keeping people is a point that shouldn't be overlooked. Uh, if you go through that, that piece, the turnover of players, you know, clubs have gone through 50, 60% turnover of players. We know the turnover of managers is vast in the championship. I, I can't remember, is it seven clubs that have started the season with a with a new manager? New contract for McKenna, new contract for your top goal scorer in, in Connor Chaplin. Um, stability isn't sexy, but it, it can bring success. And, you know, I just looked through the list of them, Middlesbrough losing Tuberakpom, um, Alex Scott going from Bristol City. You can go for it all. Southampton have lost Ward Prowse. Watford lost Pedro and Saar. Piro and Manning leaving from Swansea. Diallo, obviously a huge loan player for Sunderland last season. You can go through them all. They've all lost star players, key players from last season. And so... They've had to recruit to replace, whereas Ipswich aren't replacing. They've just been adding. Um, so I know right now probably the buzzword is being underwhelmed and that a feeling that, that the club have under-delivered. And maybe some of that is because of the hype around the club and the way that they've not been shy in talking about having a healthy impatience and wanting to get to the Premier League. Um, and I guess the comparisons with Southampton started after winning the first few games and becoming the first team since Southampton who got back-to-back -back promotions. But 
that is a rarity. Not many clubs do that. Um, I think the average position for a newly promoted team is, I can't remember, something like 16th in the league. So if Ipswich finish top half this season, which there's every reason they every reason to believe they can do from what we've seen so far, that's really good progress and they can kick on from there. Definitely. Um, I want to give you my rating, boys, and I'm going to give it a seven as well. I think it's been a solid window. Um, out of the six signings, um, I think, who would you say is the marquee? I think George Hurst is probably the marquee signing into in terms of like scoring the key goals when he signed in January, a striker, a permanent signing. Um, and again, you, that, that, that feels underwhelming because you're just keeping yeah. something that you've already yeah. got. You know, they still had to sign him. That was a difficult yeah. deal to done. He's still a player that you've signed from a team that was in a club that was in the Premier League last season. So, yeah, again, that shouldn't shouldn't be overlooked. The fact that they've had to work really hard to get that that George Hurst still done. But yeah, you, yeah, probably you would say out of the the six, he'd probably be the marquee one. I think it's a compliment to, to Town Squad the fact that they, when you look at it, there isn't really a marquee signing there because I didn't really feel like they needed to do that. I don't feel it's a case where you looked at the squad coming straight from promotion thought wow there's really this area that needs to be added they really need strengthen here because as i said with keeping everyone there with keeping your top scorer with bringing your, your star striker back with having your two key wingers that are so crucial in that role with having leaf davis who bagged up to billions of assists in league one keeping all these key players it doesn't really necessarily feel like they needed to go oh, we need to have this championship quality player to come in George Hurst is not someone who's done it in the championship. You look at a lot of what they've done, actually, and it's not necessarily signing these kind of championship-proven, championship-quality players that they've done. It's just players like Jack Taylor who maybe need a bit more of a chance, or, or Brandon Williams who's trying to maybe rekindle his career a little bit, but brings loads of experience. It's things like that. And they're not necessarily, I don't think, marquee signings, but that's not really what Town needed coming into the season. I think that's probably really big credit to the squad that they built over a number of years in this really exciting project. Yeah, and um, as you mentioned, Stu, there's 17 weeks to go until the January transfer window opens, so it's uh, another 31 days of uh, all fun. So, you know, and that's, that's always an important window, and it's still, you know, the championship season back in 2014-15, you know, if, what could have been done? But once again, McKenna, he's got a good group here, a good character. It has to be the right character as well to come into this group. Yeah, as I said, it's it's the message that you send to your current group. Uh, again, a thing that people overlook, like overlook, is that feeling of managers wanting to give that feeling to their squad that everybody's going to get a chance to play and has got a role to play. Even someone like Shawnee Aluko, who's not not going to get a great deal of game time this season, but he he knows his role off the pitch and spoke about that really well. Recently, everyone has a part to play, whether it's a few minutes here and there, whether it's cup games whether you feel like you're only one injury away from getting into the team. If you get too bloated and you add too many bodies for the sake of it, that can disrupt things a little bit as well. Likewise, if you suddenly went out and really blew your budget and had someone on a, on a wage that was double what everyone else was on, word gets around in a squad and that can create a bit of un, unharmony, you know, dis unharmony it's late ross what's disharmony unharmony no harmony <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um so yeah these are all the, the little things that they have to carefully weigh up um 
and as I say, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with it. I get that people were maybe hoping and expecting a little bit more, but um, it didn't all have to happen, this transfer window. No, um, it didn't. Uh, well, Alex, um, shall we quickly, um, you, you'll be a man in the blog, Stu's been manning it as well, but um, you've been watching the championship deals go in and out. Um, any of that sort of spark your interest, the headliners, any, any there on deadline day? Yeah, I've kind of let Stu get on with a lot of the town stuff and I've been sat on Twitter scouring over all the action. I'm sure loads of people really loved following on the blog, waiting for a centre-back to slowly sign and then be told that he might not be signing for the next couple of weeks. So apologies for those who've been holding on. Um, I'm going to start with the controversial one. The Norwich stuff has been probably the one of the most interesting bits in the championship today given the fact there's been so much going on. Obviously, Josh Sargent's injury means they've been after a striker. They're going to go for Kiefer Moore. That's gone haywire. He was going to go to Millwall, then he's not going to go to Millwall. He's going nowhere. And Cardiff were in for him as well. They're going to go for um, another... Norwich going to go for a, a striker from Nottingham Forest, a Korean striker, who I'm not going to try and pronounce, and I might try and get Ross to pronounce at some point. Uh, maybe tomorrow we'll try and get that on video. Um, and then they've also got Andrew Omobamadele going off to Nottingham Forest, which is a really huge blow. Um, I know they've got a list of players that they're trying to bring in, so by the time the skill is live, they might have someone in. Preston keeping themselves really busy. I think both myself and Stu ended up putting the same one in the live blog with uh, <laughs> Militin Osmajic coming in from uh, Cadiz. It breaks their transfer record, and they get Liam Miller in there as well. So a couple of uh, big additions coming in there. The whole Sunderland saga, they've had an absolute load of stuff going on. Ross Stewart's Willy Wonty, Patrick Roberts' Willy Wonty. At the moment, I don't think either of those deals have been kind of green-lighted in terms of their respected moves. I think both looking at going to Southampton uh, and Sunderland bringing in their much-needed strikers with Mason Burstow and Nazari Rusin. Okay, fingers crossed I got that right. Um, which, I mean, I think from what we saw of the Sunderland game against Town, they desperately needed the striker. Those have kind of been the main bits and pieces. I think if I hear any more on Kiefer Moore, I will lose my mind because that's all I've heard throughout most of today. And it's most of what we've spoken about. There's a few other bits going around. Millwall have been very busy, the former club I used to cover. We've had a very busy deadline day. Alan Campbell in from Luton, Ryan Longman in from Hull. And they've released uh, George Evans, who's gone to Wrexham, and Andreas Vogel, Sammer. And the last bit really to note is I think Leeds are going to lose Luis Sinistera, who uh, famously gave Brandon Williams quite a hard time on his debut at Portman Road. Looks like he's going to be back in the Premier League with Bournemouth. Mm, okay, then. Well, well Stu, um, you know, you've been covering it as well. I mean, it's been a really busy summer transfer window in the Championship, a lot of ingoings and outgoings. Uh, any, any ones that sort of stand out for you? Um, I can't look beyond Leicester. I just thought they have they did really well to get their business done early. Lost some key players, obviously, with Madison and Barnes and the like, but to, to get in Connor Cody and, and Harry Winks pretty early on. Um, just looks like really good good business for them, and they they've started um, started well. Of course, um, there's a few clubs that have done some interesting things. Hull, um, Liam Rosinia seems to be seems to be moulding something there. Um, trying to think who who else really. I mean, there's no there's no standout ones. If I you know I would ask anyone that feels massively overwhelmed by the window to kind of look through 
the business that other clubs have done and say, would would you trade positions? Middlesbrough, having finished last season like a steam train, have done all manner of business with, with players coming out and coming from, from all different places. It might pay off or it might might badly backfire. It's a gamble. They've not, not started great, have they? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anyone... Jumps off the page for you guys. I know you were talking about Birmingham, weren't you, Ross? They've, there's obviously a bit of a feel-good factor surrounding them at the moment with the, with the takeover. Yeah, they've got money, haven't they? They've got money, and they've <laughs> they've gone and signed a lot of players. Um, and I think you know they lost Chong, of course. He's gone to Luton, but um, they've gone and signed some really good players. So they're maybe a team to look out for this this season. And uh, I don't know when we play them. I know we play them soonish. Not maybe not soon. November. November. It's early November. That was so. Yeah, um, so it's going to be interesting. Of course, they've got Jay Stanfield who's coming, isn't he? Um, you know, from Fulham, so that's a good one. You know, Tyler Roberts have signed, Dembele from Bournemouth, um, Kessie Anderson from Blackpool, um, Lee Bacanu, of course, from Ryder Bremen. So they've gone out and signed some players and they've spent some money because they've had some tough times, haven't they, Alex? You know, in recent years, but I mean, they've really struggled and... Uh, you know they've you know got new with Tom Brady at the helm. You know he's he's there. They're superstar um, new owner or part of the ownership. Um, so they're they're a team to look out for. I'm sure. Yeah, I think they've done good business, but I think a lot of credit needs to go to John Eustace because they've not mm-hmm. gone and signed the world, and and I think they've turned things around quite nicely. I think the two clubs that maybe stand out to me in terms of their business, I'm going to go for two left field ones because you guys have hoovered up the obvious ones. I've been really impressed by. Plymouth and what they've done because they've had mm-hmm. to really operate within their means. They're going to have a really quite a low budget com- compared to what a lot of clubs. So however you look at what what Town have, for example, this kind of chalk and cheese with what, what Plymouth are. <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, what Plymouth are, are operating on? They've had some really really hard games to start off. But you look at uh, what they've gone and done. They brought in Mustafa Bundu, who's coming today. Before that, Luke Cundall, Finazaz, Barley Mumba, and Morgan Whitaker, all players who have really performed at the top end of League One. Um, Jose, Julio Pleguezuelo as well, someone as well who uh, I, I think has had experience at Arsenal, was playing really high up. Kane Kessler-Hayden, someone who's impressed lower down the Football League. They've got a lot of really exciting players in that group. And the other one that jumped out, funny enough, is actually Cardiff. I think they've done a few really nice bits of business. They signed someone today, haven't they? Yeah, we can touch on that in, in a second. But uh, Josh Bowler, for example, who comes in, really bright championship player who got poached by Nottingham Forest and sent out to Olympiacos in the world. A really weird move. Um, but he has bags of quality. Aaron Ramsey, the obvious one. Yaku Meite, Ike Ugbo, who played for Chelsea previously. Uh, Carlin Grant, a really, really solid championship player. And then you look at Jonathan Panzo, who's someone that helped get Coventry into the playoff final, who's come in possibly when you think he, he could have got a club that in theory should be challenging towards the, the top end of the division. He's gone to Cardiff. You look at the recruitment that they've done for a team that in theory are supposed to be struggling, not to kind of uh, bog down Stu's relegation prediction from the start of the season. But I really like what they've done. Yeah, they're going to be interesting. Of course, yeah, we play them on Saturdays too, or tomorrow, or whenever you listen to this. It could yeah. be listening to us after it. I don't know. Yeah, another interesting test. I mean, just going back to the, the transfer stuff with Ipswich, um, maybe they found this market a little bit more 
difficult than they were anticipating. Um, maybe they set their sights a little bit too high. They were used to being the sort of the big boys, the big fish in the small pond in League One could maybe kind of flex their muscles a little bit more when when it came to the transfer market. Maybe it's been an eye-opener kind of competing with clubs with bigger budgets this time around. Um but I think Kieran McKenna has been really, really selective from what I've heard, you know, in terms of he's very clear on on the attributes that he wants. And if all the boxes aren't ticked, he won't do deals for the sake of it. And, you know, for example, they wanted someone like Austin Trusty uh, earlier in the summer. He's ultimately gone to a Premier League club in Sheffield United at the moment. Ipswich can't quite peak, compete last year in League One. They could attract players to League One against championship opposition. It's very difficult for them at the moment as a newly promoted championship club to persuade someone like Trusty, for an example, to come to our project at Ipswich that's really exciting instead of going to a lower-end Premier League club. Um, but they might get there in a year's time. You know, If this season goes the way we hope it does and they're in the mix and they might not quite be there, but really impress people with the style of play and everything. Um, they might be in a position next summer where they could, for example, convince an Austin trustee to come to us instead of a team that's just gone up to the to the Premier League. And that's where you keep building. And that's, you know, there'll come a point where certain players in this squad do need to be upgraded, but that, that time doesn't have to be now. Um, so... That's how I feel about it. And I know the sort of the loan deals rankle with people a little bit because, you know, there's a sense that they're not our player and I don't like borrowing people's players. But it does feel a little bit different to the Marcus Evans era now. Hopefully, you know, they won't be able to sign all of these players. They won't want to sign all of these players. But it's not impossible that further down the track they could they could sign one or, one or two of these players. So... Yes, it'd be nice. I'm, I'm relieved when the window shuts, to be honest. I think everyone gets a bit fixated on transfers. It'd be nice now just to shift the focus back to the football again. Yeah, football on the pitch, 90 minutes of football. That's what we're here for, really. Um, well, final bit of business to mention on this uh, actually bumper deadline day mini pod special. I think we've gone on maybe longer than we were planning to, but I hope it's you've not enjoyed it. No, it's not a mini pod anymore. It is just basically a full length podcast. But I want to, of course, mention um, there was a transfer deal done for the Tractor Girls. They've signed um, a player from Spurs, just like the men team. They signed, of course, Dane Scarlett from Spurs. They've also now signed a town women's player. Um, Leonard Gunner-Williams from Spurs, um, who's a, a very highly rated forward. Um, I've been told some good things. I've been seeing some clips. He's scored a lot of goals for their academy side. 38 goals in 39 academy games. So that is a, a lot a lot of goals. Um, she's also scored on a first-team debut for Spurs. Has played against Man City. And, uh, yeah, it should be a very good season ahead for the Tractor Girls with her you know, leading the line or a part of that attacking um, for so um, a very good signing indeed. She signed um, on a season-long loan because she signed her first professional contract um, in the summer at the North London club. So uh, yeah, she's going to be wearing the number nineteen shirt. And um, away from football, boys. Little fun fact about her: she was uh, once upon a time a successful children TV actor, starring in, as Jack in the hit CBBC show Jamie Johnson. Um, do you know, boys? Know that show? Hey, Jay. Never watched it. Sorry. <laughs> do you? No. No, no, I don't either. I don't either. But um, yeah, so we've got a yeah, TV star, that interesting woman, a former child TV star, 
But um, yeah, I'm excited with this signing and uh, hopefully it works out for her. And uh, she'll be making her debut uh, this weekend as Town Women team take on Plymouth at Felix Stowe and Walton um, AGL Arena. So um, if you're free, go and watch both games. Of course, we'll be covering the game against Cardiff at Portman Road. Um, but Stu, any other business from yourself, my friend? Uh, any other business? Deadline day signings aren't always good signings, people. Mm-hmm. Kamara and I had me this time last year. Yeah. People were probably quite excited about those then. They haven't quite worked out thus far. I'd love to see some stats on definitively how many, what percentage of deadline day signings are hits and misses across all football teams. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Um, I mean, Morsi and Morsi and Walton were quite late. Ones weren't they the window before? I'll have to go back through and look through those. Selena, but, um, I don't know. Then Selena successful or not? Was that deadline day? Like, that was late, or? wasn't it? It might have been deadline yeah. day eve. There was a couple yeah. in the last two two days of the window, wasn't there that summer? But um, yeah, all is not lost, people. Um, it's been a good start to the season. Let's uh, let's get back to to enjoying the enjoying the good stuff on the pitch because uh, Ipswich have won a hell of a lot of games between between January and now. So we shouldn't be too down on things. Yeah, echo Stu's thoughts right there. AJ, any other business, my friend? I've just been on Twitter just having a look at... Um, oh, no. Twitter. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, I'll keep it short with this one, but uh, I've just been on Twitter having a look at uh, Connor Southwell, obviously, from over from the EDP up the road. He's boo. Been, yeah, boo, boo everyone. Um, and he's been reporting that it's going to be Danny Bath. Bath, depends if you're from the north or not, who's uh, coming in to replace Andrew Omobamidele. And Norwich fans are absolutely losing their minds and are furious. And with that, I'm just so happy this is done. I'm so happy that everything in theory is kind of slightly wrapped up. Obviously, the Twanzebe thing drags on, but I'm just happy that it hasn't been maybe as bad as we were potentially fearing when it got to about five or six o'clock and we were thinking, you know, it could be a late one and we could be having to fend off angry fans with announcements at 11 o'clock at night so i'm i'm pleased it's done pleased it's over and echo stew's thoughts of let's get on with the football now indeed well boys um let's go to bed um we've got a game to cover um against cardiff um but thanks for listening everybody to our deadline day bumper podcast i hope you've enjoyed it and of course uh we're sponsored by cow eight yet stew's got a beer on hand i'm having a beer as well um and go to bed but um but yeah um of course shout out to our sponsors uh manscape user code cow um, at the checkout, get 20% off and free delivery. And Ginger Pickle, shout out to Tony Southgate and the team for all your SEO, Google ad, marketing needs. Check them out. And um, yeah, follow us on all our socials, Kings of Anglia. And uh, yeah, hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back for another podcast to talk about the Cardiff game and all that sort of bits and bobs. Stu, AJ, thanks for joining me. Bye for now, Asia.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.